Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome to Friday Night Live, everyone, and those who are watching online. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence tonight, Father God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way tonight, Lord God. Prepare our hearts and minds, my God, to hear this word, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for our brother Renee, who will be preaching tonight, Father God. Holy Spirit, have your way, Holy Spirit. Lead him, O oh God. Prepare us, Lord, to receive this word. Prepare our minds, our hearts, Father God, so that we could be, go back and share that word that we received tonight, my Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way tonight, Lord. God, you are our Father. We thank you, Father God, for your presence tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here tonight, Father God. Everyone who's in the sanctuary and those who are watching online tonight, Father God, we thank you, Lord. We need this word. We need you, Lord. So we thank you, Jesus. Have your way tonight, oh God. Thank you for our music team. Thank you for the worshipers, my God. Let your, your song of praise just touch our hearts tonight, Father God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love and your mercies that endures forever, Lord God. And we pray, God, as we leave this place tonight, oh God, we ask for your traveling mercies, my God, that we all get home safe, Father God. We praise you tonight, God, and we ask that you have your way. Through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We come to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. We come to magnify his name. He's worthy. We praise you, O Father. We thank you, Lord, that we are gathered here to glorify your name, to rejoice and be glad in this day because God is faithful. Amen.
Blessed be the name of the Lord Most High God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, my God. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. We worship and adore you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. We have the victory in Christ. Hallelujah. We serve a God who breaks yokes of bondage and chains. He sets captives free. Yes. Hallelujah. We walk from glory to glory. We're in victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for your amazing grace, my God. Blessed be your name.
God is great. Amen. Amen. So happy to be here. You may be seated, guys. You may be seated. It's cool because I just got here, but I was worshiping in my car, so I wasn't missing worship. Amen. But uh, we were rushing here. We had a lot of things to do. We was getting some stuff ready. But I was on my way over here. God spoke to me, right? And um, he brought me to the scriptures. It's in John, I mean, James 1. 16. Let's start in James 1 16. And the Bible reads, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. I'm going to read that again. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Amen. Um, that's one of my favorite scriptures to always reference to why, right? Because you, you have a lot of conversations with people and everything that comes out of their mouth is, I did this, I have this, um, I created this business and I did this and I did that. And I always go before God and I go, God, did they really do it? Or was it you manifesting yourself through them and they're too busy glorifying themselves but not giving glory onto you. Amen? And the, and the part that got me, because I was just going to read verse 17, but the part that got me was verse 16, when it speaks about do not be deceived. Because a lot of people will come to you with their philosophies and their beliefs and their, you know, 16 steps of how to become great and their 17 steps on how to have a perfect marriage and their 42, uh, you know, uh, uh, Farrakhan philosophies on how to accomplish and overcome, amen? And then they'll give you like, 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 like some, some incense to burn. They call it sage in your house, right, to keep COVID away. And the Bible says clearly, do not be deceived. You know, I've heard some crazy stuff in the last two years when it came to COVID. And the only thing that I can say is that every good and perfect gift and every perfect gift and every good gift is from up above. Amen. Because I asked myself, God, why everybody always wants to look at self when they should be looking at you and giving you thanks in every season for every reason. Amen. Like, like, don't boast. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Because, because I was just hearing something from a Nigerian church. I was um, watching it on YouTube, and the man was talking about tithes and offering, right? And he was giving a testimony about a woman that was super rich, but she never gave glory to God. 
So she'll come to church, she'll receive, she'll, she'll go and she'll worship, she'll feel the spirit of the Lord, amen? But then when it came to tithes, she never did it. She never gave on to God. So everything that she had, she kept. And then one day, she goes home and she starts looking for her finances, her money. And the only thing that she sees is mice and rats. And they ate it all. And then, and then, because you know in Nigeria, like the way that they talk is, is amazing. Like I just said, like they start to talk and be like, oh, I feel the presence of God. Amen. Like they just, they have that thing about them, right? It's like me when I hear somebody preaching in Spanish, it's like, woo, I don't know what they're saying, everything, but it sounds good. Amen. So he started going and he started to, to talk in that accent, right? And say, you see, that's what happens when you don't give on to God. You, live, you leave an opening for the devourer to come and devour what come you on, got. And then it hit me and I said, you see, they missed that verse in James 1, 16 through 17. When it speaks about that every good and perfect gift comes from God. But before it says that, it says, don't be deceived. Don't get it twisted because your bank account is looking good, but you ain't giving. You know, don't be deceived because everything's going right and you're not giving glory to God. You have to be go before God with, with, with praise and thanksgiving and yes. with a humble heart. And, and knowing that what you have, you didn't do it alone, you did it with God, amen? Yes. And, and, and you know, like I, I felt that this season, like, and, and I keep on feeling it, you know, and I keep on experiencing it. The love of God, the love of knowing that I cannot do this alone, but the only way that I can do this walk is with God. But it doesn't only start with what I do on my day-to-day. It also starts with my finances. It starts with my giving. It starts with what I do with it. Like when I walk by somebody that I know that the Spirit of the Lord is telling me to give, am I stopping what I'm doing even though I'm, I need to be at a certain place, right? Uh, like my time is running. I'm on, like I need to make it. Before. But if God told you to stop and bless somebody, does it matter about what time you arrive? What matters is are you doing what God asks you to do? You know, you think about the story of the Good Samaritan and, yes. and, 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 and the Pharisee walked by it, yes. right? I'm talking about the one that looked, you know, mighty, had the garments of a preacher, had the garments of a man of God. You would think that they will see somebody hurting and broken, that they will stop and help that person out, right? And then you see the other person that, that got it all together, you would think that they'll stop. But it was the one that they least expected that stopped to help that person that was in need. Yes. You see, can God trust you? Are we too busy thinking about titles and thinking about what we have that we're missing out on the blessing of God that's bigger than we can ever ask, think, or receive? Amen? Amen. And that's what I got. For today's tithe was, do not be deceived. For every good and perfect gift comes from, the, from up above, comes from the Father of lights. And they hear this, where there is no variation, which means that he doesn't switch on you. I, I just Googled this definition, right? Because I was like, ooh, let me just get the Google definition. Well, there is no variance. It means there is no change or difference in the condition. Why? Because God is the same today, tomorrow, and forevermore. You understand what I'm saying? People shift on you. Relationships change on you. Jobs will, will, will want get, to get rid of you when you can't produce anymore. But God does not do that. You understand? A lot of people come into church with this stigma of, oh, I'm broke. God don't love me this season. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God doesn't change his mind about you just because you have less in your bank account. Just because you have, you're struggling with health. That does not mean that God does not love you. 
His love for you doesn't change. It doesn't weather. It doesn't move. It doesn't shift. He stays steadfast in your life that even when you try to run away, he's still waiting for you. Like, come through. I'm still right here waiting for you. Amen. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of God that we give on to. That's the kind of God that we praise and we worship. That's the kind of God that gets us up in the morning and makes us want to elevate our mind, makes us want to elevate our home and pray for our children and give to people that need and, and do things that is not really in us. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? When I think about who I was a couple years ago and where I'm at right now, it's two different people because when you understand that every good and perfect gift comes from the father of light. You understand what I'm saying? When you think about the fact that COVID snatched people's lives, but you're still alive here standing, you gotta give glory unto God, amen? Like if you need a reason to worship, if you, like, like I shouldn't be here having to tell you to lift up your hands. You should come in here already with expectation, wanting and waiting for God to reveal himself unto you, amen? It shouldn't take a preacher. It shouldn't take a pastor. It shouldn't take the worship team. You should already come here fired up knowing that you withstood some trials. You withstood some tests. And you're still standing. And you're still fighting. And you can still praise. And you can still worship God. Amen? And then you come to the conclusion of the fact that you're able to even give into a basket. is more than enough to praise God. It's more than enough to praise God. Because if, if, if you're too busy not knowing that you're blessed, walk by, well, go on the train. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go to Manhattan and see the people that are struggling to eat. And then look at yourself and say, is it really that bad? God has given me something that somebody else doesn't have. Amen. Now I got to be used by him Amen. to do the work that he has called me to do. And that's why God says he loves a cheerful giver because it should, the giving shouldn't be like. <sighs> you know, there was this YouTube video. Um, 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 what's this guy's name, man, from Africa? I think his name is Franklin. The one that danced and he did the front flip with the cartwheel. You remember that guy, Tony? I played that one time in church. I mean, Julio, you remember that guy? Was it Franklin? Brother Franklin, right? Yeah. Go Yo, Google that man. Whenever ties and offering come on, and play a beat, play a beat, play a beat. I ain't gonna do a front flip, because I'm too big. But if, if this was 10 years ago, Nate, I was skinny. So when the, hey, right? I'm trying to, I don't know what rhythm that is, but I was trying to catch the beat, but I couldn't, right? That beat was different. I don't know, I was like a circus beat, right? It was weird. It's okay. But you know what I'm saying? When the, when the worship comes on, the, the excitement that you should get when you give should be that of a child, amen, when they see their father. That of a, you, you get what I'm trying to say? You should yeah. be cheerful, you should be happy that, that you're able to do something onto God, amen? And it should come with a little, you know what I mean? Like a little, you know, there's a lot of Spanish people here today, amen? But some bachata, right? Some, some salsa, you ain't that saved, amen? Because I know when some, when some Mark Anthony comes on or suavemente, they'll be like, oh, that's my son! You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> hey. You know, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, giving should be free. It should be freedom. It should feel like, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're alive and you're well and you're good. Because when you give, you know that when you give, you shall receive. The Bible says that you reap what you sow. So when you sow, you're going to reap something. Amen? 
And that should be the expectation. When I drop this, hey, I'm telling you, I got to Google this guy. Brother Franklin, go on YouTube. My man one time did a front flip, right? And, and like landed on his head. And he's like 69 years old. I don't know how he was doing it. Did a front flip, landed on his head, almost hit a kid right there in the front. Parents holding their children back. But all you see is just freedom in his giving. You know what I mean? Because, because you don't even know what he experienced. He might have he been saved from cancer. He might have been saved from something. You don't know what God did in his life, but he had the revelation. He had the revelation that every good and perfect gift, amen? And he also had the revelation that God loves a cheerful giver. So now I don't want to see nobody coming to church after they give with, with a pump with a, with a pump face. What is that? Like this, look. Yeah, that one. I don't want to say that from the sourpuss face. I like that one. Amen. Let's rise up. Let's give on to God. Amen. God is good. He's so good. I got here just in time. Amen. Oh, the Ross was looking like, where's this guy at? I was right there. They wasn't even letting me in church. Amen. I had to knock. God is good. Lift up your offering before God. Amen. Let's do this with a humble heart, with a cheerful heart. Lord, we come before you giving you all the glory, honor, and praise. And Lord, I pray right now that whoever is going to give today, even if they don't have nothing to give, I pray that they give a portion of their heart to you today, God. Because we could all give something, amen? And whatever it is that they give, I pray that you'll bless it, Lord. I pray that you'll multiply it, God. And I pray that whatever they give on to, God, that it will land on fertile ground and that it will multiply itself and that it will spring, Lord, like, like, like a field, oh God, like a green field, Lord, that, that's everlasting, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you, Father, for every single soul in here. I thank you for every single person in here that even as they give when they probably don't have nothing, God, I pray that the refrigerator will never run dry. I pray that the light will never go off, God. I pray that the water will never stop, Lord. I pray that, the, that their faith and their favor will, will increase like never before, God. And that when they give, they don't give from a place of disbelief, but believing, Lord, that whatever they sow, they shall reap. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. As the ushers leave.
Lord of heaven 
praise you, Father. Hallelujah.
started. It's Friday. <laughs> Friday was the day that yes. Lord made. Thank you. What's today? No, man, I've been having such uh, an awesome time in the Lord. I mean, I, I've been looking so forward for this day. You guys have no idea. Uh, I feel like a little daddy. A daddy, his, his little boy is going to come up and speak, you know? <laughs> you know, he says, the Bible says, train a child <laughs> so when he grows, he will not depart. <laughs> I just got to tell you that you're putting a smile on your father's face today. One of the things that the enemy always does, let me, let me start it differently. When you became a child of God and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was to empower you to be his witness. Amen. A witness testifies. Amen. So when we ask you to testify, the enemy immediately comes and brings a whisper of fear that you're not qualified, you're not good enough. We've all been there, we've all done it. Yes, yes. But not all of us came up and stand. The fact that you're standing, you're already an overcomer. Amen. I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. Does not mean he didn't go to changes. Does not mean, you know, he's even not sweating now. But the fact that he's willing to trust God that he will not leave him or forsake him when he comes to open, open his mouth. That's, that's what God is looking for. Men and women full of the Holy Ghost. Not perfect, but filled with the Holy Ghost, willing to believe and dare that the awesome I am will meet, go, not halfway, but meet him there already. Amen. So when he goes there, he's entering in into a fixed fight. Today is, I was going to say Nate. Today is, is Renee, and tomorrow it could be you. See, I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you, and I'm going to push you. So don't run for me because I'm like the Holy Ghost. You know, where can you go that I won't find you? I'm going to find you. Because he tells me where you're at. And I, and, and I challenge you for a reason. Because there's greatness in you. There's power in you. This is the season of the Holy Ghost breakthrough. We're going to have Sundays, man. You know, I, we're having a special Sunday this Sunday, man. I, I invite everybody to come by. Call all your family, your friends. That's going to be such a breakthrough. There's going to be deliverance. There's going to be healing, impartation. Why? Because that's what my father does. He gives. He bless. He puts in order. He brings correction. He releases. That's his desire, his heart, his passion. And we are his children. We should always come with the spirit of expectation. Dad's going to bless me today. Dad may have to correct me today. But I better be, I'd rather be corrected from dad than anybody else. Because even his correction, there's mercy and grace. Yeah, I'm going to always tell you that he loves you and that you are great in him. But today ain't about me. Today is about my precious brother that I met several years through, years ago through my sister who kept bugging me to call him. Yo, call this guy, man. He wants to, you know, I want you to bring him to the Lord. You know, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I left him two messages. He didn't return it. <laughs> Remember that, Renee? We were, we were phone tagging each other. I said, but look at him. Look at him today. Amen. A mighty man of God. Amen. There's one thing about Renee is that causing him to be great is that his integrity. Amen. He's a man of integrity. Yes. 
He's a loyal man. He's a faithful man. And those are the characteristics that God is looking for. He's not looking for talent. He could give talents to anybody. But he can't make you loyal. He cannot make you faithful. So when that natural gift comes from you, to be faithful to the calling, man, the sky is the limit what he'll do to you. So today is just the beginning, Renee, what God is about to unleash in your life. I'm declaring that in the name of Jesus. Again, I want to introduce my brother, Renee. sister really uh, came, came and helped me out in my time of trouble. I actually knew her since I was young, teenage. She's been, in my, she's been a family friend of uh, uh, my mother, my aunt. They used to go to the same church. And when, when I, actually, I actually received Christ through them because they came to my home when I was really going through my trials and I was really, really you know, I was lost, and I was, I was losing my home, my job. I was, everything was on the line all in one shot. And that was because God was calling me. And, he, and like my mom always told me, my mom always said, don't play with God right now. Because I would, my mom would give me advice all the time, and she would say, come to the Lord. The Lord is calling you. And I'm like, yeah, mom, whatever, you know, and I lived a foolish life. My young adult life, I, I, lived, a fool, I lived foolishly. And it's not until God said, you know what? I'm calling you, you're not responding. So I'm gonna take a step back. And after that, the enemy just came in and got me. I mean, really tore me up. But you know what? God is there, God is waiting for me. And I knew that I needed to change my life. So I thank sister, my mother, my aunt, elder, and I'm here today. And I, I thank God for that. I thank pastor for giving me the opportunity to come out of my comfort zone, to, to allow me to speak. Um, I thank all of you because without all of you, I cannot do this, the encouragement. I mean, this church is, I just love it, that it's so intimate. I mean, it's just great. I'm actually jealous, to, I, I, selfish, I meant, to get, I don't want this church to grow. You know, I went, I went to another church that had maybe 1,000 members for a year and I didn't know anybody. Nobody knew me because I'm a type of person that I just don't speak, you know, I'm like very shy. But not in this church. This church is special. We have a pastor that's, that's just amazing. We have the ministers of the house that are anointed. And every time they come up here, they give a powerful word. We got great worship. We just got a beautiful, wonderful church. But that's not why I came today. I just wanted to say thank you. Pass oh, oh wow. <laughs> Sorry, Julio. I apologize for that. He asked me to speak a month ago. And prior to that, Elder would always say, are you ready? Are you getting ready? I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. And every time he would tell me that, I'd get like butterflies because I knew the day is going to come when he's going to ask me to speak. And I made a promise that I would not say no. Amen. I needed to grow. And the, and the way to grow is don't say no. So my last appearance was maybe two years ago. Um, it was a big breakthrough in my life. And today, um, 
Elda asked me to speak on Proverbs, which was funny because I did not know that I was going to be on the last week, the last day of the month. So Mingo, everybody's talking on Proverbs, and I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, they, what am I going to add to this? I'm like, you guys covered it all. Well, obviously you didn't because I'm here today. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to do the best that I can. Um, you know, God is with me today before. But, you know, it was very hard for me today. Um, I thank you for a lot of people that were, just encouraged me. Minister Cynthia kept calling me. And, and everybody just sending me texts and stuff like that. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. So, um, as I'm gathering my stuff together, I'm saying, what am I going to speak about? So I just picked out a proverb that's been, uh, uh, that, that, that resonates with me, that's really big, that's really, not only in Proverbs, but it's all over the Bible, and it's the fear of God. If you read the Bible and you read the Proverbs, it's all, in the, it's, it's, it's all over. So I want to stick with that. And just before I got here today, um, at work, we had a few problems that almost made me cancel today. But God is good. Seriously, I was alone today. My boss is in Montauk fishing. The alarm went off. I couldn't reset it. I cannot leave my job unless the alarm is reset because now I'm on fire watch. Into. So I was ready taking photos. I was going to call Elder Tony and apologize, but God is good. I prayed, and I said, God, if it's in your will for me to be here today, make it happen. And he did. Amen. Literally in 10 minutes, I reset the alarm, and it was good. Amen. So I'm here. So I'm here to, to, to talk about Proverbs. So what is a proverb? A proverb is a short saying that expresses a universal truth for practical godly. Now, that is a biblical proverb, but the, the definition for a proverb is the definition of proverb is a short saying that is widely used to express an obvious truth. So you have worldly uh, wisdom and you have biblical wisdom, right? Proverbs is full of practical instructions for life. Many proverbs contrast the wise with the foolish and warn against repeating foolish actions. I've been through that. I mean, I, I've done mistakes on mistakes on mistakes. And, and God shows you the difference in, in worldly advice, worldly wisdom against uh, biblical and godly wisdom. And I wish I would have took the biblical and godly wisdom. So in Proverbs 14, 24, it says, the crown of the wise is the wealth, but the folly of the fools bring folly. Proverbs reminds us that wisdom is found in fearing the Lord. When we rightly view God, we also rightly, rightly view the world around us. Look at the world today. The world is a mess. The world is missing. It's, it's, there's, there's so much ungodliness that is incredible. So the fear of God, and when you are born again and you have the spirit in you, you see the world for what it is. You see, the like, like Pastor says, the, the system of the world and how it is, the political system, how things are happening in the world. You know, you see all that. You, your mind starts to shift when you start to live righteously and, and you start to live a godly life. You see things are totally different, and it opens, it opens actually, it opens a whole new world to how you should be living. Um, so, uh, forgive me if I'm trying to articulate here. Um, like in Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. I remember that, I first heard that on Billy Graham as I was growing up. Um, 
you know, he was a, a, a phenomenal evangelist. Um, but um, that's the first time I heard of that. Throughout the Bible, you will find that many phrases that say fear the Lord. Like in Proverbs 14, 26, the fear of the Lord, there is a strong confidence. I'm confident. I'm confident because I fear the Lord. Very confident. I mean, my spirit wants to be here, but my flesh is attacking me. And my deep desire is to strengthen my spirit. Strengthen my spirit to kill that flesh. I, want, I desire to do so many things, but there's always a fight, a battle in me. And I know that's the flesh. So my, my desire is to get closer to God because I know being closer to God will get me there. And I'm saying this for anyone that's struggling. I mean, we struggle all the time. We come here and we put our best face forward. And then we come out of here and we just, we're, we're just, and, and I'm the first one. I wear my emotions on my shoulders. You can tell if something's wrong with me immediately. Um, but you know what? God is there. You pick yourself up, as Hester said. You get up and you keep it moving. And you just break through, just break through. Um, so in Proverbs, uh, I'm sorry, forgive me. Proverbs 14, 2, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn away from the snare of death. I mean, what can I say about that? Once you fear the Lord, you turn away from sin. You have to. I mean, we all sin. We all are sinners. I remember uh, Billy Graham when he always used to say, your sin will find you out. Your sin will find you out. And I'm not talking about the sin that we do, you know, you know, we just might blurt out a, a bad word or, or, or come out of anger. I'm talking about that one sin that you com continue to do that you know you, is a sin and you continue to do that. I'm not shouting anybody out. I'm just speaking to myself. I remember I had a discussion with, uh, uh, many years ago with, uh, with Brenda and um, we were talking about sin and I said, I, I asked her, I said, what happens if you keep sinning the same sin and you don't feel it no more. She said, well, and I think I'm paraphrasing, but she, what she said was, you, you're in a bad place if you don't feel that conviction anymore. That can mean that the Holy Spirit has left you. I don't know if that's true, I have ministers here, but if you continue to do that sin, it's possible that you just numb to it. So. Fear can mean several things. It can refer to terror one feels in a frightening situation. As in Deuteronomy 2.25, this day I will begin to put dread and fear of you upon the nations under the whole heavens. It can mean respect in a way a servant his fears his master and serves his faithfully. Like in Joshua 24.14, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him sincerely and in truth. We must worship and serve the Lord in spirit and in truth. Fear can also denote the reverence and awe of a person feels in the presence of greatness. The fear of the Lord is a combination of all these things that allows us to continuously be aware that our loving Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating everything we think, say, and do. I'm very careful for what I say, now more than ever, because I take the Bible literally. I'm serious. I, my wife could tell you, 
I'm very careful what I say. And if I do something or say something bad, I feel that conviction. I'm already asking God for forgiveness. God knows the heart of man. Who can know the heart of man? No one but God. So we must examine ourselves, truly examine ourselves, so that we can uh, be who God called us to be. And, and we must watch what we say, what we do. People are watching us everywhere we go. We must be set apart from people, from the world, I guess. Um, I, I think the last time I kind of mentioned something like when you go to a, a gathering or a party, do they know the difference? Do they know you're a Christian? Do your friends know that you're a Christian? Or are you just saying, oh, I'm a Christian, and you're living like the world? You must be set apart. And this is why a lot of people struggle. I see a lot, and I know because in the beginning, I struggled with the same thing. I desired Christ. I wanted to get closer to God. But there was a, there was a block there, and that was because I was in and out. I, the world was grabbing me, and I was attracted to the world. But you know what? I, once I made my mind that I was going to serve God, I just needed to turn around, repent, and move forward. And that's what I do. So I encourage anyone out there that is struggling with this. It's easy. I mean, it's not easy, but God is there. Just make that decision. We're in the, the, the worst time in our lifetime with the pandemic and all that's going on with all this uncertainty. We don't have time to, to play games. I mean, the, God could come at any time. It's like flipping a switch. And then I hear people say, oh, if I don't go in rapture, I'll... Listen, people, if you can't handle what's happening now, what makes you think you're going to handle? I mean, this is, this is crazy, crazy talk. I want to go with the bride. I don't know about you, but I want to go, and I'm going to make it my business to get with God. However I get there, I will get there. Um, sorry. Matthew 12, 36. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account of every word they speak. Psalm 30, 139, 2. You know when I sit down, when I rise, you discern my thoughts from afar. God knows our thoughts. In order to develop the fear of the Lord, we must not only understand but recognize God for who he is. God is awesome. He's the creator of heaven and earth. What else do you need to know? What else do you want to know? He is awesome. We must glimpse with our spirits the power, might, and beauty, and brilliance of God. The power of God that can deliver anyone from anything. You just got to have trust and faith. That is the key. You can ask God for anything, but if you don't have faith, if you don't trust and you doubt, then you have no faith. So we must be strong. God's might, power, beauty, and the brilliance of God. I had the pleasure of, of, of basically um, going on vacation with my wife. I got to tell you, I've done more in, in seven years than I've been saved in my whole life, okay? I, and, I, and I prayed to God. I said, God, uh, you know, let me see the world. I, 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 w I, I was terrified of airplanes. So another breakthrough. I prayed, I trusted, and God delivered. And God, I mean, the world is beautiful. The world is beautiful. His creation, the seas, the trees, the animals. My wife, I spend time just looking, the manatees. It's just incredible. It's beautiful. So 
Those who fear the Lord have a continual awareness of him and sincere commitment to obey him. Sincere commitment. You must sincerely want to commit to God. You can't play church. You can, like, like who was it that a few, somebody said, you, you could come here every day. You could be in the ministry and have no connection with God. You have to want it. You have to fight for it. It's a fight, but it's a fight that's been won. And one thing I could tell you that I can get my, I, I had a panic attack way before. I can get the same panic attack, but you know what? I'm not afraid because I know I have Jesus and I have hope. Amen. Versus before there was no hope. It was fear. It was fear because you don't know where you're going. It's, it's just incredible. It was a demonic, demonic time in my life. I saw spiritual things. It was just, it was bad. And I don't ever want to be there again. The wisdom is to part from evil. That means we must avoid evil or anything that is evil or wickedness in the eyes of the Lord. We all know what is evil and what is wicked. But we continue to mess with, with things. I, I'm blown away by the things I see. I mean, my wife knows I don't allow anything in my house that I think is bad. She knows. I've gone, she's, when I first met my wife, look at her. She, she's gotten rid of stuff that I say... That's, that's not good. Alex and Annie, I don't know if you ever heard those, uh, those chains that there's are amulets that they pray for. New Age witchcraft. I can go on and on with stuff that people are just bringing into their, their homes and their, their spirits, and then they're wondering why there's attacks, more attacks than ever. They, they don't see it. Everything in this world, as Tony said, every single thing in this world is to take you away from God. Keep you away from God. So what is wisdom? The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. What is godly wisdom? Godly wisdom starts with the fear of God and the results in a holy life. Worldly wisdom, on the other hand, is not concerned with honoring God but pleasing oneself. So how are we honoring God? You know how I honor God? By being obedient doing his will. I'm not perfect, but I try. How we honor God? By loving, by being in the spirit of love, repentance, and forgiveness. The key. Forgiveness is the key. People, you don't know. I, I lived a, a life that I was angry at so many, and I think that was the reason why I got a panic attack. It was just overwhelming. And I, I, I'll never forget that when I was going through my struggle and I was crying, and I was crying. I don't know if I was crying of joy. I don't know what it was. I, I was just crying, and I continued to ask God for forgiveness. The Spirit of God was telling me, you must forgive those that you've offended. I, every person, especially my mom, my, my mom was the first person, and I said, Mom, forgive me, because as much as my mom used to give me wisdom, godly wisdom, I used to always mock her, disrespect her, argue with her. So she was the first one. And every time I asked or gave forgiveness, it was like a, a weight off my shoulder. That was the first step in my life. So forgiveness is key. We must live in forgiveness, repentance. You know what I'm saying? Repentance, right? Repentance, right? Okay, and love. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
I, I, I'm writing this down. I think Pastor said it, but I want to say it again to give you a, a little insight of, of, of uh, wisdom and worldly wisdom. The greatest philosophers for centuries figured the best and honor way of living. Most agree that if we are to succeed in life, we must learn to be wise. We agree that the pursuit of wisdom should be commended, but history testifies that much of humanity has found wisdom without ever finding God. So you can have all the worldly wisdom you want. You could have a million, million. I work with rich people that take prescription pills. Ambien, they take uh, 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 antidepressants. I hope nobody's watching me because I could lose my job. They, they, all, they all struggle, probably worse than us. And they, they're not because they got money. They, they, they might live a little better, eat a little better, but they struggle. Even probably more. I'd rather be in my humble state the way I am than to be rich and lose my salvation any day. Um, the Apostle Paul condemns the wisdom of this world, for it, is, for it is those who live according to the earthly wisdom who despise and reject Jesus Christ. That's all. I try my best to, uh, how should I say it? I, I try to, especially my job, my job, I try to talk to my guys about God. I try to, there's a few guys, I, I think I have one or two that are watching now. Um, but there's some that mock me. They mock Jesus. They mock God. And, and their worldly wisdom, and they always try to, try to, and I never get into arguments with them because I just, my testimony speaks for itself. Because they know me the way I was before and the way I am now. And I just want to touch on a little story in my job, how worldly wisdom and godly wisdom, how that has changed my life. I've worked with a guy, I'm not going to mention his name, for 25 years. We worked in the same building. And this person was a, a mean guy, but I was worldly too, but I wasn't as mean as him. He, was, he just wanted to try to get me fired. Um, he tried everything. He would defame me. He would do bad things to me. So I did the same thing what he did to me. I would argue with him, I would curse him out, I would fight. So we didn't speak for years. When I became born again, my, mind, my, my attitude started to shift. It started to change. I didn't see Terry as that evil man no more. I actually started, I don't know if I was feeling sorry for him, I don't know what it is, but I just started to say good morning to him. I just started to say, how are you Terry? We didn't talk too much. We only spoke business, building issues. And Terry has changed. Now, Terry, I pray for Terry. Terry right now is in the hospital. Now I can minister to Terry just because of that, that action, that change in my life that God has done. Because I have Christ, the Holy Spirit in me. So I desire 